All right, we're live, guys. Hey there, this is Clay with ModernLove.Life. First of all, before we go ahead and get started here, if you like what we're doing, please give us a thumbs up. Please go ahead and subscribe to the channel. And be sure to hit that bell icon next to the subscribe button so that you can get notifications next time we go live. Um, also, if you like what we're doing here, you'll probably also love our book called Be Loved for Who You Are. You can find out more about that over at modernlove.life slash book. Uh, with that being said, I wanted to, first of all, apologize to everybody for the sound issues at the beginning of yesterday's video. Um, I didn't know about that until afterwards, uh, but fortunately it only lasted for the first 20 seconds or so, and then it seems to have cleared up. I hope that there are no sound issues on this video. If there are, then I may need to get a new microphone. <laughs> um, and also, yeah, today's video is about an hour later than usual. Uh, I just got off the phone uh, or a Skype call, a Zoom call with um, Adrian from um, Love Advice TV. We did a little bit of an interview and I think that is probably going to go out maybe at the beginning of next week. I'll be sure to tell you about that and let you know where you can find it so you can check it out if you're at all interested in hearing me and Adrian talk. I'm sure you've seen Love Advice TV around. Uh, you know, if you're watching my videos, they're probably popping up on your suggested videos as well too. So yeah. Um, anyway, today we are talking about the third stage in getting over a breakup. Now, um, in the past two videos, we talked about the first stage, which was the meltdown stage. This is the very intense emotional um, meltdown that you often go through immediately following a breakup. You know, your emotions are all over the place. It can often be nearly impossible to function on um, a day-to-day -day basis. You know, if you're like me, you probably are having a hard time just getting through a day at work and you have to do such dignified things as going to the men's restroom to sob in a toilet stall so that you don't have to cry around your coworkers. Um, ask me how I know that. Um, and then after you get to the second stage, that is when um, you start to regain a little bit more emotional stability in your life. It's not like totally there, but you're starting to feel a little bit more yourself. You can get through the day at least a little bit better but your thoughts are still drifting back towards your ex. They are, uh, you know, you're wondering like, why did my ex do this? Why is my ex not texting me back? Why is my ex uh, dating somebody else suddenly? You're just having these constant thoughts about your ex. You're overthinking it. You're overanalyzing everything. And uh, it can be kind of maddening at times. I totally get that. I've been there myself. Um, and that was what we talked about yesterday in yesterday's video from the, from the balcony with my daughter. Thanks for all the nice comments about her, by the way, guys. I, I love her, and it's, it's you know, I had some mixed feelings about bringing her in front of the camera, but hey, you know, she's gonna be on the internet sooner or later, so why not? Um, yeah, and so this brings us to the third stage of getting over your breakup, and this one is called the roller coaster. So what happens at this stage is you are starting to get back into your day-to-day -day life. You're starting to get back out there and do some things. You're starting to experience life again. Um, you know, your emotions are not a total wreck like they were before. Your thoughts are starting to think about other things besides your ex. And um, as you're starting to get out into day-to-day -day life again, you're obviously gonna start to experience things. You know, maybe somebody will ask you out. Maybe uh, you'll get a promotion at work. Maybe something nice will happen to you in other areas of your life. Or maybe something not so great will happen to you. You know, maybe you'll ask somebody out and they'll say no. 
Maybe uh, you know, a coworker will steal your idea. Maybe you'll have some sort of setback in one way or another. And as this happens, you'll notice that your emotional response to it is a whole lot stronger than, uh, than maybe it normally would be. And what this means is that you're at the roller coaster stage. And what happens here is that you're having an emotional experience. First of all, it's totally normal to have an emotional experience um, if, if you, know, you ask somebody out and they say no, or if you ask somebody out and they say yes. It's totally normal to feel good or bad or however you feel um, as a result of these things that are happening in your life. But when you're at the roller coaster stage, you're not just feeling a, a normal amount of goodness or badness, you're feeling an extreme amount of it. And it's, it's almost like, you know, if somebody turns you down when you ask them out, it's almost like you feel as if you've been dumped all over again. Or if you get into that relationship and somebody says yes, you know, rebound relationship, um, then it's almost like you're over the moon. It's like your life has never been better. That's often why, uh, you know, your ex, if they're in a rebound relationship, it may seem like their life is perfect. You know, Instagram perfect, Facebook perfect. Uh, well, that's a conversation for another day. But um, it can definitely seem this way. And that's because they are at the roller coaster stage. Or if you're going through this, then you're at the roller coaster stage. And this is actually a pretty dangerous stage. You may not realize it, but, you know, these, these extreme highs and lows, what they are is they're symptomatic of um, basing your emotional state on things that are happening outside of you, things that are happening in your external experience. And again, don't get me wrong, it's totally fine to have an emotional, an emotional experience um, as the result of things that are happening in your life and in your world. That's totally normal. But if this emotional experience is extreme from one end to the other, then it just shows that you're um, emotionally clinging to things that are happening outside of your external world as the main cause of your emotional experience. And what I would recommend to you if you're at this stage is to start to turn your emotions inward. And the best way to do this is to start to think about your own personal values. So going back to the example of asking somebody out, you know, it doesn't matter if they say yes or no, if the way that you're measuring your success is based off of you having the courage to go up to somebody and reach outside of your comfort zone and say, hey, I think you're attractive. I'd like to take you out on, I don't know, Thursday night or something like that. Um, that is a better way to, to, to anchor your emotional well-being to. And as you start to do this, you'll start to live in accordance with your values. And as you do that, you'll start to disconnect your emotional well-being so that it's not all riding on what's happening outside of you. And um, as this happens, you'll start to move past the roller, co roller coaster stage and into the fourth stage, which we'll, again we'll get to tomorrow. Um, and this is, you know, this is this is really tricky. I mean, a lot of times people who, um, and, and again, this whole spectrum that we're talking about, this doesn't just apply to breakups; it absolutely applies to breakups. But it's also really a spectrum of emotional availability. So if you know somebody who just always responds to one extreme or another. 
um, in, a, in a certain situation or a certain type of situation, that's somebody who's not particularly emotionally available because they're basing their emotional well-being not on their own value system, but on the things that are happening outside of them. And again, it's totally normal to have an emotional response to your external circumstances and your external events, but if that is all that your emotions are based off of, if it's not based upon any sort of value system inside, or if it's not based on um, your own personal beliefs or anything like that, then that is a very uh, risky and dangerous place to go. Because obviously, if things that happen to you that are less than desirable start to happen, then you have the very real possibility of like backsliding into either the first or the second stage, which we talked about on Monday and Tuesday, respectively. Um, you know, it's very easy to, to go up and ask somebody out, and if they say no, and you start to feel really lousy, it's easy to say, oh, you know, my ex broke up with me, and now I ask somebody out and they say no, like, am I just some sort of awful loser type of person? And then you just backslide into uh, one of those earlier stages. It's very risky, it's very dangerous, um, and, uh, you know, if you're in this place, it can seem like you've moved on, but really you haven't moved on from your ex because your, your emotions are still grasping outside of you for something to feel good about or uh, for something that you know, might make you feel bad. And so you wanna take that attention, move it inward, and focus in on your values. Okay, and of course, as you go through this, you'll eventually get to the fourth stage, which uh, we'll talk about tomorrow. And this is unfortunately where a lot of people really end their journey towards emotional availability. And unfortunately, because of this, many people aren't actually emotionally available. But we'll get to this tomorrow. Uh, this is actually gonna be pretty interesting, I think. But once again, if you like what we're talking about here today, check out our book over at modernlove.life slash book. Give us a thumbs up. Go ahead and subscribe to the channel if you're not already. Hit the bell icon, all that stuff. Anyway, let's see what folks are talking about in the comments. Hey Clay, I'm still at begging her back after five months. Okay, well, I would look at what's causing you to take these actions. What thoughts are you having that's causing you to beg for your ex to take you back? And look at this, like what is it that you believe about yourself? What is it that you believe about her? What is it you believe that this action of begging is going to get you? I mean, clearly, begging and pleading, you know, it's not going to work. If it worked, you know, you wouldn't be here asking this question. Um, anybody else who does it, you know, they wouldn't be looking for answers because they would just beg and plead, and it's like, oh, hey, that works. But um, clearly it's not working. So why do you keep doing it? Why do you keep doing it is because there's a part of you that thinks that it can work. And um, in order to understand why you think it can work when clearly it's not working, you have to look at your beliefs. You know, do you believe that if you just like lay it all out there that your ex is going to fall back in love with you? Now, of course, there is a very big difference between positive vulnerability and negative vulnerability, which we've talked about before. And begging and pleading is definitely vulnerable, but it's an example of what I would call negative vulnerability, where you're using your ex as a means to an end to get what you want. You know, you're basically saying, hey, I don't really care how you feel about this whole breakup. I want to feel better, so I think that we should get back together, right? You're using your ex as a means to get what you want. Your ex is, your ex and their experience isn't really a part of the equation. Um, positive vulnerability, on the other hand, is where you take ownership for your own emotional state, your own emotional experience, 
and you're not trying to use your X as a means to an end, but you're actually accepting, understanding, and compassionate and empathetic to where your X is at on an emotional level. Um, so that's really what I would recommend that you start to look at when it comes to the distinction uh, between positive and negative vulnerability. Um, if you're still doing the begging thing after five months. Uh, let's see, what else are folks talking about? I'm the dumper after two months and getting way, or I'm the dumpy after two months getting way better. I, well, I'm, I'm glad you're getting a whole lot better. Um, you say that this is me um, quite talking about me indirectly. Okay, yeah, so um, you have some like emojis in there. I, I don't understand what they mean, but uh, yeah. Um, if you, if you resonate with what I talked about in this video in terms of being on the roller coaster stage, then again, you wanna pull your energy from the external environment and focus it on your own values. What's important to you? Is it important for you to really express how you feel, to put yourself out there and maybe ask somebody out even though it's uncomfortable, even though you may risk you know, rejection, as they say? Um, or is it more comfortable for you to stay in your own comfort zone? Um, or like, is it more comfortable for you to live into some value of maybe doing something interesting? Uh, you know, trying to get that new career going, trying to uh, get your fitness taken care of if you're out of shape, or uh, you know, whatever it might be. Look at what your values are. Look at what's actually important to you in your life and see if you're actually living in alignment to it. You know, just answer the question, what's important to me about life? And write down like the first five or 10 things that come to mind and then say, okay, how much am I actually living these in my day-to-day -day life? And if there's a disconnect there, you know, it might be worth making a couple changes in, in how you're living your life. And that's a great way to start getting in alignment with your own values. My husband has me blocked. Yeah, I know it's really tough when, when your ex blocks you. Um, you know, it, it's, it's like you still have things that you want to say to them, but they're just obviously totally walling you out. And um, it can be really hard to let go of things and to be okay with things because you may still have things that you want to say and communicate. Um, and if you need to do that, then you, know, you might need to do that through a different channel other than like texting or Facebook or whatever platform he has you blocked on. You, know, you might just need to uh, write a letter or send an email or something like that just to, just to release all of those emotions so that you can be at peace with whatever happened or didn't happen in your relationship or in your breakup. Um, hello, Andrew. Well, my name's not Andrew, my name's Clay Andrews, but hello there. Um, okay, people are talking to one another here. That's cool, totally have a conversation with one another. That's absolutely fine by me. Uh, Mohammed says, my girlfriend just blocked me because I told her that she is taking me for granted. Okay, so when it comes to all of this, you know, when you said, hey, you're taking me for granted, how do you think that that impacted her on an emotional level? You know, do you think, if, like if you were her and like Mohammed is over here and he says, you're taking me for granted, do you think that's going to make her as you, do you think that's going to make you feel good? Do you think that's going to make you feel inspired to stay in contact with Muhammad? Do you think that's going to make you want to go out of your way to talk to Muhammad, to bond with Muhammad, to all of that stuff? Or do you think it's going to make you more frustrated? Do you think it's going to make you pull away more? Do you think it's going to make you shut down more? 
Um, and if you can just get in the habit of not just saying things for the sake of saying them, but really putting yourself in the other person's perspective to think about how what you potentially might say is going to be received, you can actually change how what you're going to say is going to be perceived, right? So instead of saying, hey, you're taking me for granted, you might just say, hey, when, uh, when you do these things that you're doing or not doing, um, sometimes I have these thoughts that you're taking me for granted. I, I know that you're not that kind of person, but it still frustrates me a little bit. Is that something that you'd be willing to talk about? You know, that, that's something that, that would land probably a whole lot better than, hey, you're taking me for granted, right? So you want to take on this empathic stance when you are communicating with, with your ex or anybody, really, and that will help you to say what you want to say in a way where they'll actually listen to it, where they'll actually receive it, where it can actually be a stepping stone towards a great connection or a great experience with one another. Um, you know, if there's one thing that I, I think that a lot of people could benefit from, it's, it's really taking that empathic stance. Let's see where we left off. Sorry guys, I've got to scroll through all these comments here to figure out where we left off. Okay, there's where we left off. Okay, again we have people talking. Uh, Courtney says that she's been drinking. You know, if you're having a really hard time with, uh, you know, your, your breakup, I, I hope that you're able to handle it in a healthy way and that you're not just turning to like alcohol or other substances in order to, to help yourself feel better because um, you know that could have a really bad effect on your health and in other areas of your life so you know if you need to seek some help do that um, you know there's nothing wrong with the drink now and then but you know if you're drinking to unhealthy levels that's something that I, I don't want to see you do who can help me guys well I'm here Go ahead and ask your questions. Uh, we've got someone from, wow, Muhammad, you're coming in from Cameroon in Africa? That's so cool. I, you know, I'm, I, I've never, it's never ceased to amaze me how the internet allows people from all corners of the world to get together. We've got someone from central England here, Martin. Um, guys, I saw hell and met Satan in January and February. Wow, uh, sounds like you've had a interesting experience there, Mitt. Um, maybe you can share that sometimes. Someone's from Croatia. Is that name Moreno? Martin is still drinking with Satan. Well, hey, be careful. I'm pretty sure he can drink you under the table, buddy. My girlfriend is telling me she wants to move on because she is tired of waiting for me. Yeah, okay, so like if you want to get back together, which is not really the topic of this video, but if you did want to get back together, there's really three important things you gotta do. Number one, you gotta show your girlfriend that she's not walking back into the same relationship that she walked out of in the first place. Number two, you gotta make interacting with you actually feel good on an emotional level so that she enjoys interacting with you and has a good reason to want to be in a relationship again. And number three is you got to, um, you know, navigate around any kind of friction that's keeping you apart. Like if she's dating somebody else right now, obviously she has to stop that in order for the two of you to get back together. Or, you know, if she's, um, if she went through all the hassle of telling her friends and family that the two of you broke up, 
then she has to feel confident and secure that the two of you are going to really make it this time before she goes and tells everybody that the two of you are back together, right? So you, gotta, you just got to do those three things, really, when you boil it down. It's uh, show her she's not walking back in the same relationship that she walked out of, make the interactions feel good, and just navigate through any friction. That's really it. Uh, where did we leave off? Where did we leave off? There we go. Um, again, folks talking amongst themselves, totally fine. Uh, we're in a long-distance relationship. Yeah, long-distance relationships, they can be a little bit more complicated, but definitely not um, insurmountable by any means. Um, someone says, should I back off if my ex starts acting distant? I don't want to feel like I'm bothering him since I'm the one uh, to reach out now and ask to hang out only to get turned down. I love your videos. Also, <laughs> thank you very much. Uh, Nuet, I think that's how you say that? Not sure. Um, I think that he is at the third stage, your ex is. Uh, which, I think you're talking about the, the stages that your ex goes through, in which case he's riding the dragon, not this third stage, which is the roller coaster. Um, but yeah, so if your ex becomes distant and you want to stay in touch with him and you want to work things out, um, you want to be careful. I know that there's like this almost superstition in, uh, in the world of getting back together with your ex that you know, whenever anything happens that's less than desirable, do no contact, right? Uh, if your ex doesn't text you back, do no contact. If your ex is in a rebound relationship, do no contact. If your ex uh, is less than pleasant, do no contact. If you have an argument with your ex, do no contact. If your ex flakes out on you, do no contact. And you want to be really careful about that because when you do something like that, you're switching your brain off and you're following uh, what I would call fortune cookie advice instead. Um, and what I want you to do is I want you to feel into the situation, what you know about your ex, what you know about a situation, what you know about what he's going through, if, you know, if he's like really busy studying for an exam or something like that, if he's going through some stressful period in his life or something like that, keep that in mind. And then I want you to feel into the situation and I want you to say, okay, based off of who he is that I know of him, how is it that I think that he would feel? How is it that he's probably feeling if he's becoming distant? What is it that he's probably going through that's causing him to become distant? And most importantly, what would feel the best for me to do if I wanted to help him to feel better, to feel more connected to me? And in some cases, it might be backing off and going no contact. In some cases, it might be actually talking to him, actually having a conversation with him, actually inviting him out to do something, actually saying, hey, I know you're going through a lot of stress right now. What if you just forget about it for the night and just hang out with me or you know, whatever it might be. But if you're just blindly following advice, like whenever he goes distant, do no contact, you run a very real risk of sending the wrong message, which in that case, you know, the wrong message potentially could be whenever things get hard, I give up. Whenever things get hard, I pull away. And is that the message that you want to send? Is that the message that's going to say, hey, you should drop everything that you're doing and be in a relationship with me? Probably not, but it depends on where he's at and how he's experiencing his life and what his emotional state is at. Um, so don't just blindly follow advice, but actually feel into the moment and know what the right thing for you to do is, okay? Um, where did we leave off? Got room for time for maybe one or two more questions. 
We were never married. Oh, that's uh, people talking amongst themselves again. Okay, that's totally fine. Um, can anyone notice me, please? Yeah, Mohammed, I'm here. I've been talking to you a couple times. Um, more people talking amongst themselves. They're totally fine, guys. But, you know, any of you guys got any questions, let me know. Uh, me and my husband were together for 17 years, now apart 10 years, and then married three years, but separated five months. Uh, she blocked me. Now I'm scared to lose her. Clay, what time tomorrow? Uh, I think tomorrow's going to be a normal day, probably noon uh, Pacific time, which I think would be 3 o'clock Eastern time, and, you know, you can adjust that to whatever time zone you may happen to live in, but that's, um, that's probably when I'm going to be going live tomorrow. Clay, I stopped begging two weeks ago. Thanks for your videos. I was very helpless and miserable after three years. Wow. Were you, were you begging for three years? That's crazy, man. That that's probably has done a, a number on your self-esteem, so um, might want to look into that. By the way, guys, just so you know, um, if you get the book over at modernlove.life slash book, you'll not only get the Be Love For Who You Are book, but you also get a special bonus called the Self-Esteem Solution um, that'll help you with any self-esteem issues if you happen to have any. Is it okay or safe to still be in contact after splitting up five months ago. I want to see her this weekend, and she said that she will think about it. Not once in this time has she asked to meet me. Well, okay, so, I mean, that's, first of all, is, is it safe? I mean, like, in terms of your own, like, physical safety, I mean, like, I don't know your ex, so uh, you have to check in with that with, with yourself. But if you're just, like, saying, is it safe according to the... Clay Andrews super system philosophy of life. Um, yeah, I mean, like, I don't see any reason to not be in contact with your ex. Uh, the only reason to not be in contact with your ex is if interacting with you is not bringing the two of you closer together. That's really the only time that it really makes sense to not be in contact with your ex because by cutting contact, you are stopping yourself from doing more damage because if interacting with each other is causing you to, you know, do more damage to the connection between the two of you and to pull apart more, then that's something that can be uh, troublesome. But, uh, you know, as long as the two of you are having great interactions that are bringing you close together, there's, there's no reason not to be in contact. What does it mean when an ex unfriended you after breaking up with you after so long and saying, we would remain cool. Um, yeah, I mean, it could mean a lot of different things. It could mean that maybe your ex is trying to make a clean break from the past. It could mean that uh, maybe they're dating someone else and their other person is like, hey, uh, I don't feel comfortable with you being friends with your ex, so let's unfriend them. It could be that your ex was just getting drunk with a bunch of friends one night and they're like, oh, dude, well, you, you gotta like unfriend your ex. Here, give me your phone. And they're just like, there, I unfriended them. Totally gone. I mean, there could be countless different um, reasons why they did that. Uh, but like we talked about yesterday, if you're just going to like think about it, 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 you're probably at stage two. And it's really not valuable to try and take this unknown, why did they unfriend me, and rush in to fill it in. Because, I mean, like most honestly, 
most likely you're probably going to fill it in with your own fears, insecurities, doubts, and anxieties. And uh, you know, it's going to be like, oh, they unfriended me because they hate me. They unfriended me because they never loved me. They unfriended me because they met somebody better. And you don't even necessarily know if that's the reason why they unfriended you. So uh, don't jump to conclusions. And in fact, if it's even possible, learn to be okay with having an unknown in your life. Learn to be okay with having, with, with, with not knowing the answer to why they unfriended you, because you may not ever really find out. And you know, they may refriend you. I mean, I don't know. Nobody knows what the future holds. So uh, don't, don't overthink it. Don't overanalyze it. Learn to be okay with having some unknown experiences in your life, like what I talked about yesterday. Um, I think we can do one more question. Clay, thanks for your great videos. Oh, thank you very much, Maria. My ex-girlfriend is dating someone else, but she is hiding it from me. Does that mean that she still loves me? Um, again, I don't know. She might just be trying to protect your feelings. She might have compassion for you, and she doesn't want to hurt you. Um, could mean a lot of different things. At the end of the day, it, I mean, it, it really doesn't matter to like overanalyze your situation, looking for signs of this, signs of that. I mean, what matters the most is if you can just be present with one another, connect with one another, and actually feel any attraction that's actually there flowing between the two of you, rather than having to look for signs of attraction. I mean, like that's, that's really what I see, is that when people are looking for signs of attraction, signs that they love me, signs that they're still interested in me, signs that this is happening or that is happening, it tells me that they are disconnected from the present moment to the point that they're not able to actually feel what's really going on. And I would really encourage you to just learn how to feel present when you're interacting with her. If you feel present when you're interacting with her, instead of you know, trying to scan her for body language signs or trying to figure out if uh, you know, the, the way that she's wearing her hair or that shirt that she got is from her new boyfriend or something like that, instead of looking for all of this, uh, if you can actually just be present and say, hey, does it feel good to be here with you? Does it seem like you're actually happy to interact with me? Does it seem like we're getting closer and closer or are we getting further and further apart? And if you can just be present, you won't really need to look for signs because you'll just be able to know. You'll just be able to know instantly and you won't need to scan and analyze and all that. You can actually just be present, be curious and have an actual emotional connection. And you know that's really kind of the root of what I really want to teach all you guys through all these videos and all the things that I do. Um, but yeah, that's what I, suggest. Okay, guys, so we're about at the 30-minute mark, so I'm going to wrap it up here for today. Uh, but if you like what we're doing, please, once again, thumbs up, subscribe to the channel, and, um, you know, if you're interested in learning more, check out our book over at modernlove.life slash book. Anyway, this has been Clay, and I'll talk to you tomorrow as we get into the fourth stage of getting over a breakup. And this one is going to be a juicy one, so definitely don't miss tomorrow. It's probably going to happen at 12 noon Pacific time, 3 p.m., um, Eastern time. Anyway, talk to you later. 